Hi, I'm Julia Lubin. I'm a model turned makeup artist and writer. I'm also the host of this podcast, the MUA Chronicle Podcast. Join me here every Tuesday as I pull back the curtain on the latest in beauty, fashion, and pop culture. I'm here to demystify the hype and give it to you real. Hi there, this is Julia. I missed you last week. I hope you had a safe and happy holiday. Uh, Mine was very mellow, lots of carbs, a lot of beige foods, which I promise you is much more appetizing than it sounds. We had stuffing and mac and cheese and mashed potatoes and even Garrett, my boyfriend Garrett, if you don't know who he is, made fresh homemade bread, which I feel like he should have done in the beginning of quarantine when everyone else was. But I feel like whatever, we came to it at some point and now we have delicious homemade bread. So truth be told, I just stuffed myself full of bread before we even got to dinner. And by the time we got to dinner, I just stuffed myself full of sides and I did not have anything else. And we had Cornish game hen because we're bougie like that, but also we were alone. It was just the two of us. We weren't with family because of the pandemic, um, which made it very very sad for me. Um, but that's okay. We got through it. We were together and I didn't even eat the hen because I was so stuffed with bread and potatoes and other potatoes and, and more bread and macaroni. And even though I was, you know, it was just the two of us, we didn't have our immediate families with us. We didn't, you know, go to someone's home. Um, there is some big news in my chosen family that I want to talk to you about. Very nice segue. She did a very good segue. So as you know, we have expanded our uh, podcast network to include The Peony, which is an arts and culture podcast named after the flower, Um, which side story, if you don't know, The Peony was my grandmother's favorite flower. It's my favorite flower. She's the woman, she kind of helped raise me and she was a woman that really encouraged me to go for my dreams, even if there wasn't a a well-laid-out path already determining what the steps were to get to those dreams in order to actualize them. But... Um, the peony is kind of an homage to her for all things weird and creative and just uniquely our own as human beings. So the peony, um, this past Friday, we announced that the peony is getting a permanent co-host. The incredible actress Lex Agelsoff is hopping onto co-host. She's already done two episodes with me. Um, one was about memes and the other was about, uh, conspiracy theories, specifically, specifically celebrity conspiracy theories. And this week's episode is going to be the first part in a series about holiday folklore from all around the world. And we are so excited. We really hope that you'll listen along. Um, so check out The Peony wherever you get your podcast and check us out on social at The Peony Podcast, uh, T-H-E-P-E-O-N-Y-P-O-D-C-A-S-T. But this right here is a Makeup Artist Chronicle. So let's talk beauty. This week, I was inspired by the peonies topic, so I figured we would start a global beauty series. Now, I don't plan on doing this as a series of consecutive episodes, 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 one after the other, but instead, I just want to kind of pepper this in throughout the life, life cycle of the Makeup Artist Chronicle. So what I mean by that is 
the more requests that we get for countries and regions and cultures, and the more that we get special guests and people that want to talk about their experience with beauty wherever they grew up or in their family or in their culture, the more we'll be able to expand it. As a white woman born in the Soviet Union and living in America, I can only speak to things through research or through things that I personally have experienced. So I definitely want more people to come and be a part of this beautiful, beautiful conversation. And I'm really interested to see what it evolves into. So today I figure I would start in my own wheelhouse, French girl beauty. Well, okay. So specifically Parisian girl beauty and also... I am not French. So this is kind of in my wheelhouse, but kind of not. So I'm not French. I've been there many, many times, obsessed about their beauty many times, worked with their people many times in the creative space, and practically bought out all of their pharmacies of all the goodies, which put a pin in that because we're going to talk pharmacies, French pharmacies in a little bit. My makeup artist training also, I'm formally trained. I went to school, I got credentialed, and it was steeped in classic French beauty techniques and French products. So the rest that I got is from research and annoying French beauty influencers, okay? So here we go, Parisian beauty. Two things that I want you to keep in mind about Parisian people. Um, They are, when it comes to beauty, they're obsessed with... Um, these two things, and I think everyone should be obsessed with them. I've probably harped on them more times than you care to listen, but I'm going to keep harping. And if I get at least one person more doing this, changing their routine in this way, then I would have done my job. I would have achieved the task that I set out to do. One is hydration, Paris style. Okay. So we know we need to drink water. We know we need to be very gentle in the, in the temperature and the type of water that we use for our skin and our hair. So in Paris, micellar waters like Bioderma have been so common in the routines, the beauty routines of Parisians before they even hit the market here in the American, in the America, in the United States. So what I mean by that is that French women were using micellar water as part of their beauty routine, as part of their hair care, some of them as part of their bath time rituals um, before it even hit big here in America a few years ago. So they've been, they've been ahead of the curve, right? The reason that micellar water is so important and so big and so good for so many different types of skin tones and skin types is because it is gentle and it has the perfect pH balance. So if you kind of think of the bottled water that you can get, it is mostly uh, pH balanced. Sometimes it has electrolytes or something like that. This is very similar with micellar waters. It's pH balanced, very, very gentle for even the most sensitive skin. And it has these micelles, which essentially just gently pick up all of the debris, like your makeup or any dirt or pollution that's on your skin so that you get a very gentle clean without disrupting your skin's natural ecosystem or your skin's natural microbiome. Now, granted, I understand like those of you that are very well versed and that, that understand this topic are probably like, okay, yeah, totally. I knew that. That makes sense. Other people are probably like, she's insane. Like what is talking about ecosystem microbiome? So our skin is, is much like our lives. It's all about balance, right? So if you use something that's too drying on your skin, too acidic, your skin's going to flare up. If you use something that's a little too gentle, maybe you're not getting all that dirt off. So micellar water is really great for that. The other thing is that spring water 
in France and much like in a lot of Europe come from the Alps. So Evian, right, as a water brand. Evian, bottled Evian is so affordable and available that a lot of women wash their faces with it. They wash their hair with it instead of using tap water. Water. And honestly, the women that have like a little bit more to spend and want to be a little more bougie will take baths in Evian instead of tap water. Like what? That is a whole other level of luxury that I hope to someday attain for sure. And now I'll let you know the difference between regular water and Evian water in my bath. But Evian essentially is a also very balanced, comes from the Alps, is just runoff of the snow at the top of the Alps. And it's very different from tap water. The tap water has minerals in it that can mess with your dyed hair color. So if you're blonde and you want to, or you have any kind of ashy, cool toned hair color and you don't want it to go brassy, you don't want to go orange or yellow, you might want to consider using at like a like an Evian or even a smart water to wash your hair with. I know it's high maintenance, but it might actually really, really help not only with the color, keeping the color as true as you want it, but also with hair health to promote against breakage, to really help with any kind of frizziness. And honestly, it seems high maintenance. I've said that, but I think it's worth it. I tried it and it does make a difference. Um, the other thing, so that was number one. The other thing is that Parisian women are obsessed with sunscreen. That's right. I always tell you, wear your sunscreen and the folks in Paris abide by it. They are religious about their SPF. So while it's recommended, the dermatologists in America recommend that everyone wear sunscreen and reapply it throughout the day, minimum SPF 30 on their faces. But people in Paris are doing SPF 50 as their minimum. So they're starting there. A lot of French brands and French mentalities are because they're surrounded by so much nature, right? They have the Alps, they have the mountains, they have the meadows, they have all of these wildflowers that they can forage for. They have, you know, um, the uh, viniculture, right? So like the grapes that you can use to make wine is also used in a brand like a Caudalie that uses all grapes as part of their, their skincare line. And so a lot of the skincare is very natural. It's very, people are basically aware of their surroundings and part of being aware of your surroundings means that you're going to understand the UV exposure that you have and the pollution in your city. You know, Paris is much like every other metropolis. There is pollution. There is a lot of exposure to sunlight. So for this, the Parisian people wear a minimum of SPF 50 and they kind of just slather it on, right? So one of the biggest brands in Paris is La Roche-Posay. They have ESPF 50 or ESPF, they have SPF 50 plus moisturizers and they have serums as well. So if you want a little bit more of a matte finish, they are next level amazing. And before they were available only in French um, pharmacies and you had to kind of order them online or get them through other specialty retailers to get them in America. But now they're also available in American pharmacies. And what's really, really cool about this brand is that um, the, the products just melt onto your skin. There's no white cast. Or if you have like a mineral version of the sunscreen, it does go on white, but it absorbs so quickly that those with deeper skin tones don't end up seeing that gray cast on their skin as an after effect. So like I was saying, La Roche-Posay is available in American pharmacies now. I don't know if it's available in all CVS countrywide, but I have seen them in my local CVSs, both in New York and here in California. Bioderma, however, I believe is not available. You can get like a Garnier 
as an alternative, but Bioderma, I think you still have to go to like a, a specialty store to get that. But I feel like now's the perfect segue into French pharmacies and why French pharmacies are superior to American pharmacies when it comes to beauty. Maybe you've heard this before, maybe you haven't, maybe you've experienced it before, maybe you haven't, but here's the reason. Because the French are so aware of their environment and their climate and their culture, they have, and French beauty has, Paris and France in general has been a destination for all things beauty and beauty innovation, right? So you combine those two things and you get these brands and these products that are harvesting all of the natural beauty of France into these products that are very transparent to the consumer of this is what's in it and this is why it's good. And it's available on the shelves at French pharmacies for an affordable rate because it's France. There's no export import tax, right? So yes, Bioderma, La Roche-Posay, but also Chlorine, the, the hair brand, uh, Caudalie, the very um, famous French brand that uses, like I was saying, uh, viniculture in their formulations. They are currently only available in specialty stores in the United States. So like Sephora, uh, Violet Grey, Ulta, those kind of places. But in, in Paris and in France, they're available in pharmacies, right? Lenore Grey, also available. Which, side note, did I mention Embryolise? Embryolise is one of my favorite, favorite, favorite moisturizers of all time. The, um, oh, I'm going to butcher it. I'm so sorry, but it's like Le Lat uh, Concentrate. The Concentrate Cream is my jam. It is the moisturizer that I learned to do makeup with in school. It is the one that if my skin is going through any kind of seasonal changes, I will just put it on. It is the one that I will always use to prime a face before or prep prep and prime a face before I'm about to make up. It is just next level emollient and rich and decadent and it's a pharmacy price. So like you don't have to blow all of your money on it like a La Mer. I mean, active ingredient wise, La Mer has its own formulation. Personally, I think Lomare is a little overrated. Ooh, controversial opinion, I know, but it is what it is. Um, I'm much more of a Darfan person myself, but also Embryolise. Embryolise is like one of the most amazing brands ever and the lot concentrate. I'll, I'll make the show notes and I'll link everything in there so you can shop what I talk about. But, oh, and you know how sometimes you have sensory memory where you begin to associate a certain scent or noise or something with an event in your life? Well, the smell of Embryolise is like we use it as a moisturizer. We use it as a makeup remover. We use it as so it's such a diverse product that we use it for everything in makeup school. And so every time I smell it now, I have this beautiful reminiscent experience of being in beauty school and just bonding with these other women that were in my class that we got to work with each other and practice on each other and do each other's makeup and and really kind of learn together and make mistakes together and recover together and it was just such a beautiful experience so maybe I'm a little nostalgic about the scent of Embryolis for that um, that reason but also it really is just that good of a product I promise you but now let's talk about one of the brands that I mentioned was Clorine right? And I love it. Their dry shampoo is next level. I also have like a, like a environmental protectant, uh, hairspray, which sounds dumb, 
potentially, but it is essentially, it helps protect your hair against UV rays, against pollution. You just kind of spritz it. It's not a hairspray. It's just like a little bit of like a, it won't mess with the texture of your hair or the softness of your hair. Um, It won't make your hair greasy, but it'll just give you kind of a protective shield. But the dry shampoo is something that, you know, the Parisian hair has known a lot of dry shampoo. So let's talk Parisian hair. When it comes to hair, Paris women have this like naturally tousled texture that is partly genetics, partly routine. And by routine, I mean the lack of one. Many women in Paris will shampoo their hair once a week. Then they'll brush their hair once they've shampooed it. And then they will not brush it again until the next time they shampoo it next week. And then in between, they just use dry shampoo and let like the next natural like bedhead do its thing. Granted, I understand this is not feasible for everyone. That's why I said genetics um, plays a huge role in in French hair. Like if you are familiar with Violette, she is a makeup artist. She's a creative director of Estee Lauder. And she did a hair tutorial on her YouTube channel. And it was all about like how she does her hair. And she literally just like when it's a little, she like will spritz it with a little water or something, get it a little damp, put it in a French braid and then hit it with the hair dryer, and then hit it with the cold air on the hair dryer, and then just let it sit for a little bit. Then she lets the braid out and just kind of jostles her hair, scrunches it a little bit, puts a little dry shampoo in, and then that's it. But I think what's more important about this is less about the routine and the tools and the products and more about the the attitude around beauty in Paris, where Yes, it might be a little bit minimal to some people. Like it's not a full beat, right? It's not a full beat face. But the reason for that is because every piece is done intentionally. And so while you think you look at Parisian women, you're like, oh, effortless beauty. Like it may not be, they may not be as regimented as perhaps American women are about like, I have to do this thing and I have to do this thing and I have to... But they're very intentional about like, when I'm doing my hair, I'm doing my hair. When I'm putting on my makeup, I'm putting on my makeup. They're very present in the moment. And for them, it's a very sensory experience, which is one of the reasons why I decided to get into this craft in the first place, because I noticed that doing my makeup for myself was a very meditative experience. I would sit there and I would play and I would take my time and I would put music on and light a candle. And it was like, almost like a spa treatment at home. And so when I had other women in my chair or men even in my chair and I would do their makeup or do their beauty, it was just this escape for them where they were both present yet kind of weightless and not tethered to the moment. It's it's a very beautiful feeling. My fellow beauty obsessed folks, you will understand this feeling. I, I know you will. The other thing that I really want to point out about hair and beauty in Parisian culture is it's not the case for all women, right? There are women that have more texture to their hair, um, specifically black women, women of color. And this is not a topic that I feel I personally can speak to because I'm a white woman. And I don't believe that I'll be able to do it justice speaking about it. Um, I know from what I've learned, the there are a lot of different cultures in Paris and there are a lot of different resources for those cultures in Paris. Um, there are a lot of really incredible African, Afro-Caribbean, um, 
salons and stores that cater to, to women of color. Um, there are also stores that have, you know, they import in Indian beauty and um, Latinx beauty. I, I can only speak to that from a point of, hey, this exists and there are more resources now than there were in the past, but I wouldn't be able to tell you the, the sensory and emotional experience of interacting with that as a woman of color because I am not a woman of color. That being said, however, as we bring guests onto the show, I want to talk to people of all cultures, of all races, to speak to their experience of beauty. And I'm not, right now I'm saying I'm not touching on this or rather, I'm not not touching on this forever. This isn't something that I'm like, oh, I don't understand it, or I can't relate to it, or like, this isn't about me, so we're just going to gloss over it because this is not what the Makeup Artist Chronicle is about. Makeup Artist Chronicle is about bringing people to you, bringing people's experiences to you, bringing brands to you. It's all about demystifying the hype. And the only way that we can be genuine and true to ourselves is if we speak from a place of our own experience. So that being said... My goal is to bring you these people, these guests, these amazing experts um, that will be able to share their genuine journey. So quick plug, if you're someone that wants to speak about French beauty, Parisian beauty, beauty as a person of color, or just how beauty relates to you, you can be, you can be gender non-conforming, you can be male, you can be female, you can... Whoever you are, however, I hate labels. I hate trying to put people in a box because it's never fully comprehensive. And we're also beautiful and unique. And I truly believe this. So if you are someone that beauty speaks to you and you want to speak to others about that language that you have with your relationship with beauty, please, please, please email me, DM me. My info is in the description of this episode. So if you know someone, reach out on their behalf. I want to bring you on the air. I want to talk to you about what beauty means to you and really give people a full experience. And don't worry, I think people will reach out, but even if people don't reach out or people, um, I, I, I'll, I'll hunt people down. I'm going to, I'm going to pursue this because it, I know you're tired of hearing me talk about it all the time. So, you know, I'm going to bring on some other voices. Um, but yeah, DM me, email me if you know anyone or if you are someone that wants to appear and just talk about your journey with beauty. It doesn't have to be in any level, professional or in any capacity, like formal. Just be yourself. You are accepted here. Okay, so should we bring you back to Paris? Talk about Remy from Ratatouille. Just kidding. Um, it's it's hard to come back after after that because I don't want to stay on topic. I just want to talk more about representation and beauty. Um, we'll get there. We'll get there soon enough. But when it comes to makeup in Paris, um, people keep it chill. People of all different backgrounds, races, ethnicities keep it really chill. So yes, there may be a bold red lip or a layering of dramatic mascara, but overall Parisians really prefer a natural looking skin with a healthy glow. And they only amplify like one part of their face at a time. So, you know, those old school traditional rules, the Parisians basically, um, they don't do a full beat. They don't do a full on full coverage, matte baking with the liner, with the lashes, and that's totally fine. Um, I prefer a more chill, natural look. I know not everyone does, but there's something out there for everyone. So um, the other thing is they really love products that they can multitask with, right? So 
concealer. You can use concealer as concealer, or you can mix it with your face cream and use it as a tinted moisturizer. That's going to give you that kind of natural kind of coverage with the healthy glow, but use one product for two different areas of your face or two different concerns on your skin. Another one is lipstick as lipstick and then also as blush. We know this trick. This is the oldest trick in the book. People, there are people, (laughs) I feel like there are two camps of people. There are people who know this trick, love this trick, have used this trick, swear by it. I fall into that camp. As a makeup artist, everything can be used anywhere. And then there's the camp of people who are so offended when you bring up the idea of using a lipstick on a cheek, which I I don't know. That doesn't make sense to me. I think it's great. It's a great monochrome color story on your face. And also it means you can travel lighter, right? And ultimately that's what this is all about for women in Paris or people in Paris. They want to just pop into a local shop, a pharmacy, pick out what they need, right? For the beauty routine, maybe restock on concealer or lipstick or something before going to dinner, pop it in a bag and then go grab a glass of Pinot Noir with, with a, a bouillabaisse. Maybe not a bouillabaisse, but there's this, I don't know what it is, but when I when I go to Paris, if you walk on the Champs-Élysées, there are these restaurants where you can sit outside and eat and they have these like seafood stews. I don't even know. They basically give you a whole pot, like the pot that it's cooked in. They don't even plate it. They just give you the whole pot of seafood. I think it might be mussels. It's probably like mussels and frites, um, moule frites, which is one of my favorite things to eat, but now I'm, I'm getting off topic. And Like the whole thing is just very, even in Paris where everything is so refined and so glamorous, like there's still a bit of rustic flavor that happens. Another thing to note is that French brands like Lancome are expanding their shade offerings. Um, There's also the brand Black Up, which was founded in France. So both of these brands, you know, I know we're having a boom in America right now of like, we need at least 40 shades of foundation. We need more representation in makeup. And that's true. However, Fenty, I've said it before, I'll say it again, controversial opinion, I know, Fenty is not the first brand to give you 40 shades. Um, Lancome expanded their offerings. Um, Black Up was founded a few years ago um, to represent, you know, people of color needing their foundation, their concealer matches. Um, so there are MAC Cosmetics, which is available globally, has had a, a very wide shade range for a long time. Now, this was not always the case, but I will say that Paris or France in general was a little bit ahead of the curve to America in terms of expanding this range because in Paris specifically, there are so many different um, cultures and people of so many different colors that the call was answered there earlier. And I think that this is the reason that I wanted to start with Paris because the expansion of the shade ranges, the creating of brands and businesses to meet the needs of people who are of diverse backgrounds and look completely um, not not um, not different, but just like they all have their beautiful, unique looks, right? Like no one is truly looks the same as someone else, unless you're like an identical twin, which identical twins fill me with so much fear. They just like short circuit my mind. I don't know what it is. I have a friend who's a twin. When I see her talking to her twin, they have the same mannerisms. They dress similarly. They look exactly like, and I can't, I can't handle it. My brain freaks out. My brain is like, there's a glitch in the matrix. I gotta go. But 
I mean, even twins are unique. So everyone has their own unique uh, looks, their own unique appearances, their own unique desires and needs for their beauty routines. And it's in, in Paris, there's a lot of intention and not a lot of pomp and circumstance, right? So after years of full coverage and full beats in America, the beauty and fashion industries are actually moving the needle back to this natural, easy, healthy skin, minimal makeup, multi-purpose products. We're seeing so many multi-purpose products. Uh, Liza Koshy's brand, which I talked about last, not last week, the week before, um, has multi-purpose products. Uh, uh, Bobby Brown has a new um, brand. I for the what it's called is slipping my mind, like Lord, not Lord. Jones Street, I think it's called. Um, also multi-purpose products. So people are really getting into this multi-purpose swing of things. And so a lot of what has happened in Paris, a lot of what's been um, infused into the beauty culture and the beauty industries there are now coming to America and we're starting to see that. So if I can leave you with just two crumbs of advice, I will give you this. One. Evian face mist is one of the best inventions in our modern times. And two, always wear sunscreen. That's it from me. I'll talk to you next week. Please DM me, email me. Um, if you or someone you know wants to be on the show, talk about your experience with beauty, I really want a diverse um, panel of guests to come on. And I welcome you. You are welcome. You are accepted. You are loved. You are beautiful. Always wear sunscreen. Talk to you next week. Bye. Bye.